This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, Charlie, how you doing there? I'm doing great. How are you, Dean? I am good. I am here. Sorry we've been having some, uh, some tech problems here, but we are all figured out. How you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. I, I do want to apologize, number one, for our initial uh, flounder there, but last week we had a repeat show. So for everybody who had pent-up questions that they couldn't call in last week, I hope you've saved them for this week. Last week I was on an airplane at this time. You were, you were about, no what, 15,000 feet in the air or something like that, eh? Pardon? You were about 15,000 feet in the air or somewhere <laughs> around there. Something like that. I was flying from St. John, New Brunswick to Montreal at this point. Uh, and, it, you know, I had planned to be able to work around doing the show uh, actually back in New Brunswick. But then Air Canada canceled our flight and we had to get on a super early flight, which meant I was on a plane unable to, to broadcast. So apologies, everybody. But the reason I was in New Brunswick I was in a beautiful little town called St. Andrews by the Sea, which, Dean, if you ever get a chance, you it's a lovely tourist village, <clears throat> wonderful food, big, uh, big, huge tide, right? Like 15-foot tide, lots of great tide pools when the tide was out. But we were taping another episode of Healing Gardens at Kingsbury Gardens, which is an amazing, huge, huge public garden in the town of St. Andrews by the Sea. Gotcha, beautiful. And of course, Healing Gardens uh, airs every Monday night, right, on Vision TV, yes? That's correct, 9 p.m. And if for some reason you don't get Vision Uh TV, you can watch episodes on the web. If you just go to visiontv.ca and then go to shows and then go to Healing Gardens, scroll down and there are all the episodes that have aired so far. Sweet. Okay, we uh, have to take our first break, but before we do that, Charlie, I'm going to give the numbers out because, of course, uh, we'd love for you to call in with your gardening questions. Uh, anywhere in Toronto, 416-360-0740 or toll-free anywhere in the province of Ontario, one 740 And, of course, you want to let Carlos know if you are a first-time caller because then we will give you these, your garden wings, and, of course... <laughs> Call often, call early, and uh, please, one question per call. Okay, we will be right back with much more on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back here on The Garden Show uh, with uh, Dean Holland and Charlie Dobbin. How are you doing there, Charlie? I'm doing okay. How's things there? It sounds a bit um, uh, uh, <laughs> a bit chaotic in the studio. Yeah. Well, but we seem to have settled very nicely. We have some callers on the line, so we can nice. go. We can get going right away. We have Judy calling from Stratford, Ontario. Welcome to the Garden Show, Judy. Good morning. 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 
Good morning. I have a question about the oriental um, poppies, the bright orange one. I planted seeds in a pot, and I just put them on the top and then swirled around with my fingers. Well, about 200 of them came up. So I want to transplant them. They're about two inches tall now with the second leaves. Should I do it now, or should I wait and do it next spring? Because sometimes when I do it now, like the stuff dies over the winter and doesn't survive. So what should I do with them? Hmm. Uh, good question. So you've got like 200 little baby poppy seedlings in a pot. Oh, yeah. They, they are, yeah, they are a bit tough to transplant. And, of course, it's hot and dry right now. Mm-hmm. They're not going to survive to have so many in a pot like that, though. Right. So what I would – like, is your hope to actually grow that many, to grow like 200 of them? or no. Have you got space? No. Um, and you know poppies come up in the spring and then they disappear they're what we call ephemeral so um, they the leaves will turn yellow and you'll think they're dead but they won't be dead I frankly if you can get them in the ground I would get them in the ground um, sooner than later and remember don't assume they're dead just because they turn yellow and disappear <laughs> so in the spring be prepared for them to come up so I should put them in the ground instead of in little pots well, I mean, ultimately, if you you could put them in little pots, but then over the winter, you're going to have to bury those pots. You just can't leave those sitting out uh, above ground, or they will die. Yeah, well, we always put them in the like we do plant them in the ground, but sometimes I find they don't survive like that. So that's why I wondered how I should do it. Yeah, well, like I say, I mean, you can leave them in pots, but the pots must be buried for right. the winter. Once we've had a good frost. Just bury the pots just down to the the top of the pot, right? right. Just you know, under just so there, uh, and leave them like that all winter, and then pull them up in the spring once the ground thaws, and sit them all out in a nice sunny spot and water as necessary, and they should grow back no problem in the pots in the spring. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for calling. Oh, have a good day. Yeah. Bye bye. Thanks a lot, and um, happy uh, Canada Day <clears throat> to everybody <laughs> from yesterday. Yeah, a bit of a. But did you have a nice Canada Day there, Charlie? I was in my garden, sweating my, you know, my body parts off. And, um, yeah, we're hurting for rain here. Yeah, we uh, we got a little bit in the uh, in the Collingwood area there, uh, a decent amount actually. But uh, yeah, we've been feeling the the dry as well. It's it's important to have that good balance. We're crispy here. I mean, I left for St. John's on St. John on the 21st of June. Green lawn, green and everything looked great. Came back five days later and everything. The lawn is crispy yellow. Yeah. So we haven't had rain in two weeks here. Easy or gotcha. more. Okay. We're going to go to uh, John now in uh, Mississauga. Good morning and welcome to the Garden Show, John. Good morning, Dean. I, mm-hmm. I haven't talked to you for a while, you guys, but uh, good morning, Charlie. <laughs> Uh, No, I don't know if it's a problem, but my garlic. Um, I I wonder why they don't have the scapes. It's been the the last two years. Most of them don't have the scapes, so I don't know whether I cut them or not. No, only if you see scapes. But that is weird that they're not producing scapes. No, are these garlic? I've been doing this, as you know, for for years. And, yeah, yeah. and there's no scapes. I mean, even last year, I was going to call you last year, but you guys are busy, thank God. But um, <laughs> what's the situation, Shiloh? What is it? I don't know. I've never heard of such a thing. But you know what? There is an excellent resource, uh, garlicassociation.org. I think I'm just looking it up here quickly. Uh-huh. Um, 
original escapes. Okay, so it's not completely unheard of. Uh, might not have enough energy to make a really big bulb if we leave the escapes on. Okay, we know that. Um, do all garlic have escapes? No. Okay, so there are over 600 cultivated varieties of garlic. Uh-huh. These are divided, as we know, into a whole bunch of subspecies. And the soft neck garlic does not produce scapes. The hard neck garlic does. So that's what it is. It's you're, you're growing one of the subspecies, which are the soft oh, neck garlic. I, must, I, so, I got men must be. So, so which one they don't? Okay, I'm writing this down. So don't produce uh, scape. Mm-hmm. Which one are they, Charlie? The, which one, please? So you have soft neck garlic. Soft neck. Yeah, and they're the ones that, um, <clears throat> they literally have a very soft stem. So once you harvest them, you know how you can braid the stems to hang them up to dry. Yeah, Whereas yeah. the hard the hard neck garlic, which is what I'm growing, which uh-huh. has the scapes, is you can't braid the, the stems. They're too stiff. Uh, it also says here quickly that soft neck garlic, the one you're growing, tends to store better or longer than the hard neck. And another thing that I noticed, Charlie, is they don't stay straight, even although I mound them at the bottom. I don't know if it's been last year I put a piece, two, I two few sticks and put put a string just to keep them, uh, you know, up high, sort of. And I even put them around, you know, my fruit trees. Um, yeah. But uh, okay, so in other words, the reason that they don't have scape is because they're soft neck. Yes. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Okay. And I planted mine around my roses, and I am, uh, maybe it's coincidental, but there are no aphids on my roses, and that's one of the things that yeah, garlic is supposed yeah, to be very I, good I at. I have four of them around my roses too, Charlie. I do, I do. It's hard yeah. to get them in, though, because then I, my hands are, you know, unless I put some gloves or whatever. But uh, anyhow, <laughs> so I know this then, that the yeah. hard neck, hard neck will, will, will have, will have uh, scapes, mm-hmm. and... and yep. And you said there is an organization, Charlie, that I can look on the computer? Yeah, um, yeah. you know what, I'll, let me find it out and I'll let you yeah, know. You can listen. email me if you, if you remember, you know, I mean, when you have chance, no yeah. rush, you know. <laughs> no okay, person. thanks for your call, I, I, John. I start watching your TV show, by the way. Oh yeah, are you liking it? Yes, yes, very much, very much. Good, thanks, John. Yeah, thanks for the call there, John. Okay, uh, Charlie. Yeah, just Dean, quickly. I yeah. just want to, for anybody who's listening, mm-hmm. we keep using the word scape. A garlic mm-hmm. scape. Escape is just another word for a garlic flower. It's gotcha. a flower stem called a scape. Okay. And we cut them off before the flowers open in order ma- to maximize the size of the ultimate bulb that we're going to be harvesting in a month or so. Fabulous. Or a few weeks. Maybe. We have to take a quick break, but we will be right back with much more on the garden show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back with much more here on The Garden Show. I, Dean Holland, am in Zoomerplex in Liberty Village, and you, Charlie Dobbin, are at your home studio in Prince Edward County this morning, yes? I, I am, looking out the window at a beautiful blue sky and no clouds and no rain. It yeah, is a beautiful, beautiful day, yeah, for sure. It was a good uh, good night for uh, fireworks last night. Mm-hmm. We saw a few of them. The skies were very nice and clear. 
Yeah, it was loud here too. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go to. Uh, we got. Uh, first of all, I'm going to give out the numbers again. Then we'll go to our next caller. So anywhere in Toronto, four one six three six zero zero seven four zero, or toll free anywhere in the province of Ontario, one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero. We have Heidi on the line, calling from Mississauga. Welcome to the Garden Show, Heidi. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Uh, my question is, in the front of the house, I have quite a few holsters, and now there is lots of milkweed growing in them, and I know that people consider them a weed, but I was, well, I wanted to leave them because of the butterflies. Now, will the neighbors think that I'm crazy having all this milkweed in the front? I don't, I don't think so. Milkweed has really gotten trendy in the last few years because there's a real good recognition on loss of habitat for monarch butterflies. And as you know, the milkweed supports monarch butterflies. It's poisonous to all other animals except them. So I can leave them and the neighbors won't complain. <laughs> can't, can't guarantee that. But if they do say anything, just be prepared to, to explain that you are doing your, your duty to help support the threatened extinction of monarch butterflies by providing a spot for them to lay their eggs, because that's what they do. They lay their eggs on milkweed, and then when the eggs hatch, the little larvae eat the leaves. So when you see chewed leaves on your milkweed, it's always a good sign that there is um, uh, larvae of, of you know, little caterpillars of monarchs on the plant. So yeah, I would, and you know what I learned, because I too have been growing quite a bit of milkweed at my house. When it flowers, it is really fragrant. Yeah. I've never grown it in such quantities as yeah. I have this year. And boy, is it fragrant. I mean, you can smell it from a long ways away. It's, yeah, it's lovely. That's right. So don't worry. So I should leave them. I would. Okay. Yeah, you have our, our <laughs> blessing on that one. You just oh, tell the neighbors that. The flowers finish and you get those fuzzy things. Should I cut that's, them off so they don't... Well, yeah, maybe, because that's the seeds, right? Each one of those little fuzzy pods holds, you know, a couple hundred seeds. So I guess depending on what kind of a neighborhood you have, maybe some of your neighbors would like some seeds, but maybe some of them wouldn't. <laughs> so you cut them off when they're mature, just before they crack open, cut them off and then offer them to anybody who wants them. They can take them out and plant them, you know, wherever they want. You scatter them and they'll they'll grow next year. Okay, so I believe my will milkweeds alone okay. <laughs> uh, good thank idea so I would. thanks Heidi yeah and the bye butterflies bye. the butterflies will thank you I did not That's know right. that Charlie about the butterflies I don't didn't know that monarchs oh. lay their eggs on milkweed Oh, yeah, that's what's sort of so cool is that they're the only animal that can eat milkweed. Like when they eat the milkweed, it makes them poisonous. Huh. So the birds will not eat monarchs because they will they are poisoned by the actual butterfly. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool that all the different insects have different host plants where they prefer to lay their eggs, where when the eggs hatch, the little caterpillars eat. So parsley and dill are famous for getting um, swallowtail butterflies. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's that's when we talk about. See, that's an interesting point, Dean. When we talk about butterfly gardens, most people think of the flying butterflies and how pretty they are yes. and how we want to support them. Yes. But those flying insects don't really eat very much. They drink, 
liquid. They have a tongue that comes unrolls out of mm-hmm. their mouth, and they take little drops of nectar or water to as a liquid, but they don't eat per se. Gotcha. It's the larva or the, you know, the ugly caterpillars that do the eating. And of course, people go, oh, something's eating my, my dill, and then right. they squish it, and mm-hmm. they go, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. That was a caterpillar of a butterfly. So, because the, they, they metamorphose, metamorphize so much from an ugly little caterpillar to a beautiful butterfly. So remember, don't don't be killing caterpillars just because you think they're ugly. They could be a beautiful butterfly in the making. Indeed. Good, good, good note. Yes, okay. We're going to go to Maureen now in uh, North York. Welcome to the Garden Show, Maureen. Good morning. Good morning to everyone. Morning. Uh, morning. Charlie, I just want to say a note about how much I'm enjoying your healing gardens. And I try oh, to great. plant a tree now every day. Excellent. Uh, My question is about hibiscus. I was given uh, two hibiscus for my birthday. They're in nice large pots. They're called the patio hibiscus. But I'm having a problem with the leaves turning turning yellow and dropping off. Now, I know that can mean I'm overwatering, but I'm not overwatering. So... Okay. I'm waiting are, to, like dry. I have a question. Are there drainage holes in the pots that the hibiscus are planted in? Yes. Yes. So, yeah, you can leave hibiscus to the point of wilting so that the leaves are looking kind of dull green and, and they get a bit of a dangle to the leaves. And that's a real good indicator that it's time to water. Um because yes, yellow leaves can be either too much water or not enough. Also, don't be afraid to fertilize. Have you fertilized? I uh, only once, but it, that might be that might be it. Yes, I've only I've only uh, yeah no I only did it once. Uh, okay, you was, when you fertilized, did you use the stuff you mixed up in your watering can and watered yeah. with a fertilized yeah. water? Yeah, that's what I used. Yeah, so I would do that again. Do that every month with a hibiscus right up until uh, you're bringing it in the house before frost. So end of August, uh, early September, assuming you are bringing them in. uh, Stop fertilizing at that point. Bright orange. (laughs) Love. Nice. Okay. Yeah, they're very pretty. but And it's not that unusual to drop the odd leaf, but yeah, you don't want to be seeing a lot of yellow leaves. Very normal for the odd older leaf. You want your tips, your your new growing tips to be nice and green uh, and, you know, um, grow, and of course you probably have them in a nice sunny spot, which is important. But yeah, just uh, a little fertilizer might help them hold the leaves a little longer. Okay. Yes, and actually, you're right. It's, the newer leaves that are coming out are green. It's just uh, yeah. they seem to be, uh, so maybe that's just part of the cycle for the plant. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. okay. Yeah, thanks for the call there, Maureen. Good luck on your hibiscus. Yeah, thank I, you. I also like hibiscus. They're a grand flower, aren't they? They are, but the big frustration is they only last one day. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so you got to have a lot a lot happening in order to keep it pretty because uh, it's a quick and dirty flower. For sure. Uh, so i got to tell you, I, uh, one of the reasons I'm in uh, Zoomerplex uh, today is because mm-hmm. uh, we sailed into Hamilton last night, of course, our hometown. We had a family occasion to uh, get to, and then we stayed at our uh, my in-laws last night. When we arrived, <laughs> she said, 
I have a question for Charlie. She says, <laughs> all of my pots. She says, oh, my goodness, the chipmunks, the squirrels. She says, they're just tossing the dirt. They're in my pots. They're tossing stuff everywhere. Oh. And so, and then ironically, you received an email, much the same. It says here, hi, Charlie. Thank you for the wonderful program you're doing. My question today is about those pesky little rascals. And I love this email. <laughs> she says, I have tried pepper and garlic, but to no avail. I even tried mothballs. What I have noticed is when I water, they dig even more. What do I do? Stop watering my plants? Please help if you can. And this is my favorite part. I feel like grabbing them by their tails, swinging them around and around, and throwing them as far as I can. And, and then she also says, by the way, the whistling gardens are marvelous. And, and uh, please carry on with that wonderful job you are doing. And that's from Z. Yeah, I know. So who else out there besides your mother-in-law, Z, and me yeah. are having issues with <laughs> digging animals I've in had our some. gardens? Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I, I wish I had a foolproof uh, idea. And as you can see, Z has tried. See, I would never go with the mothballs idea. That used to be something years ago people thought was kind of a good idea because they smell so bad. But it's not good to have mothballs floating around in your garden. You never know. Small children might think it's a yeah. mint or something. Like, just don't do not do mothballs out in the garden. Yeah. Uh, and they really don't seem to repel too many um, animals anyway. Yeah, the pepper, like the cayenne pepper can work. But the problem is you can't just put it on the surface of the soil and expect it to do anything. And it will, will need to be replenished after you water. So I have two suggestions. One is go to the dollar store. Buy a bag, a big bag of plastic forks, go home with your forks, break off the handles, the big long handles, and then stick the, the forks that you've broken the handle off of into your pots, into the soil, so that the tines are facing up to the sky. Press them down into the soil so they're just below the surface of the soil. So you don't have to see them, but the squirrels will certainly feel them when they start to dig. And that just means they'll move somewhere else. So you're going to have to maybe, you know, do this in several places in your garden. It also helps if you have neighborhood cats using your garden as their personal litter box. It can be a good way to stop any of the digging animals just by putting those forks in just below the surface of the soil, making it super uncomfortable for any digging to take take place uh and uh, i mean because i've got chipmunks I, I went out this morning before we got on the radio here just to check because i filled in a big hole at the base of one of my tomato plants yesterday cursing the chipmunks while i was doing it and watered and tamped it all down and said okay that's it don't come back chipmunks of course i went out this morning and the same hole is back in <laughs> its position and the soil is all over the place so yeah i i'm gonna try try the fork idea in that area but also I, I do think that there is a product i mean there are different repellents there's one you can spray called plant skid so p-l-a-n-t the word plant and then s as in sam k as in kite y as in yellow d as in dog d as in dog so plant skid it is a repellent of all mammals and it's a long-lasting repellent so it keeps deer and elk and it should keep chipmunks and squirrels out as well so you would <clears throat> spray that right on the plants uh, and it's completely organic it's not toxic at all to anybody so you spray on plants you spray even on the planters and it should last for the rest of the summer after one spray sweet now i know i ran this idea by you before but mm -hmm. i am very very keen 
on designing the uh, the garden show slingshot that we can send to our, you know, so we can put, you know, like little cranberries in there and just get those little guys, bing, you know, maybe they'll stop coming around our pots. I'm seeing a shotgun myself. <laughs> I'm not a good enough shot with it. There we go. I, I shouldn't say things like that on the radio, but still, uh, you know, my Annie, my Annie Oakley part, part oh, of my yeah. personality keeps coming out when bit. I see these guys digging around. Indeed. Okay, let's go to a Belgrave now. We have um, we have Doreen on the line. Good morning and welcome to the Garden Show, Doreen. Good morning. Morning. What do you morning. got for Charlie there, hon? Potato bugs are our problem. Sorry, what kind of bugs? Potato. Potato bugs. Oh, potato, yeah. <clears throat> Pick and squish. Pick and squish. <laughs> Anything else one can do? I don't think so. I mean, they're obviously on your potato plants, right? Yes. <clears throat> yeah, the potato bugs, all those different uh, sprays that we use, like Bug Be Gone, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> soap and water, pyrethrins, these are very low toxicity sprays. They do work on soft bodied insects when we contact the insect. However, potato bugs are a much, uh, not as soft of a body, but I mean, it's worth a try. If you have just an all purpose insecticide, do not spray on a hot day like this at noon. Spray late in the day as the sun's going down or early in the morning when the sun's coming up, when there's very little wind. If you can contact the bodies of the potato bugs, you should be able to knock them down. Will they die? I'm not sure. Squishing and picking and squishing is really the best way. What about Sorry. one cup of vinegar, one a teaspoon of liquid soap and three cups of water and spray? Yeah, except that's going to hurt your potato plants, the vinegar part. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I mean, same idea. It's going to knock down the insect. Will it kill the insect? Hard to say. Slow them down for sure. Uh, as, and yeah, I mean, those homemade recipes, they have their, their you know, good points and not so good points. Uh, too much vinegar will hurt the plants, uh, but otherwise soap and water certainly won't. Um, and yeah, it's it, it, when they fall to the ground, just be ready to, you know, squish them. What about safer soap? Yeah, well, that's it. If you can coat their bodies with safer soap, like coat each insect has to be sprayed thoroughly, uh, they should die, but don't spray on a hot day. Spray early or late in the day. They are a real problem. I know, I know, and there's no real good controls anymore. I mean, we used to use things like malathion and diazonon, which would kill the insects, but it also was very hard on the uh the water table and even us potentially eating the potatoes that would have absorbed some of the uh, the chemicals that killed the insects. So, yeah, no, I know. I mean, the other thing is row covers. You know, the like a, a yeah. like a cheesecloth. Uh, early, if you get that on early enough in the season, something like that can make a difference in terms of protecting the plants from the insects. Thanks, Charlie. Enjoy your show. You're welcome. Good, okay, Good luck. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Doreen. Uh, what, what does a potato bug look like, uh, Charlie? Well, if you Google it, it's called a Colorado potato bug. It's like a little brown, it's brown and white, brown and yellow, striped, uh, voraciously hungry insect. Okay. 
and and they just eat the plants like they eat the leaves as you're standing there your your plants are disappearing in front wow. of you wow frustrating <clears throat> so um yeah no they're a real problem and in certain areas of the country more than others too so uh you know i'm sorry doreen's having that issue mm-hmm. um but what can i say yeah, yeah. okay um, um, i think row covers i'm a big fan if, if you can use row covers at the right time of year get them on it's it's called a floating row cover so it, it's like this gauzy fabric that goes over your plants and protects them from insects flying in and wreaking havoc. Gotcha. Okay, uh, got to take another break, but we will be back with much more right here on The Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, indeed, we are back here with more on The Garden Show. Dean Holland with you, along with Charlie Dobbin. And Charlie, I have to, like, give a shout-out to our next caller, because, of course, our mantra every week is call often, call early, and one question per call, please. And uh, Judy called earlier, and she hung up the phone and called back with her second question. So here we're going to go to Judy in Stratford. Welcome back, Judy. Thank you. It's me again. Yeah. I have a black lace elder, and it's it's quite like it'd be 10 years old it's big Mm. and beautiful was covered in flowers and we went out and it was all wilting so my husband looked in one of the stems and there's a little green worm which we take as a bore so what do Mm. we spray with but there's a fish pond underneath it where it hangs over Mm. you're not there's nothing you can spray it with this kind of goes back to the last caller doreen wondering about how to control potato bugs Mm -hmm. the issue with borers any borers whether it's in an elder or or any other you know a birch tree anything like that borers are insects that are inside the plant eating from the inside and we do not have any insecticides available for homeowners to spray that will kill an insect inside a plant. All you can do is trim, um, the cut back, whatever you have to cut back to remove the parts of the plant that the borer is in. And of course, then you want to preferably burn that rather than just, um, you know, stick the, the cut parts in the garbage or whatever. You really want to you want to kill the insect. And the best way to do that, like I say, is by burning. The nice thing about black lace elder is that it's a really vigorous plant and you can be pretty radical with your cutting back with that plant uh, and have it survive the process. So that would that's what I would do. I would go back until you you're confident that you've um, taken away all the the uh, stems and branches that you need to in order to remove the insect. Okay, that's what we did, but we wondered if there's something else. I just want to say to the lady with the potato bugs, we mm-hmm. um, had them last year. We were infested with them, so this year we didn't plant potatoes. Then now mm-hmm. they're in our tomatoes. They're in your tomatoes. Uh huh. Wow. Tomatoes and it's colored potato beetles. <laughs> and that's why um, we found nothing worked for them last year either. I had, we were just picking them because nothing works. But now they go. They're in our tomatoes and our peppers. And they're eating the leaves, I assume. Uh-huh. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, again, I think, you know, safer soap or one of, one of the um, pyrethrin, you know, bug be gone mm-hmm. kind of sprays could work. But early in the day or late in the day, spray thoroughly. Okay. Well, okay. thank you so much for your help. Thanks for calling. Wow. Yeah, um, good hey, luck D- on that. Crazy. D- yeah. I know. Yeah, I know. Some insects are just, woof, Travis nuts. Uh, John called earlier from Mississauga about garlic and wondered, you know, more information. So I just want to let everybody know there is an excellent website that's called the Toronto 
garlicfestival.ca. So one word, torontogarlicfestival.ca, uh, founded in 2011, and it's keen and interesting garlic folk that celebrate garlic. It's chefs, it's farmers, it's food producers, everybody gets together for the garlic festival. So go to that website. There's lots of good information. Uh, there's re um, recipes. I don't know if there's a festival or not in 20. 22 like this year uh usually it's in like july so uh keep on top of that if you're interested and once you're uh there you'll also see um there's garlic resources and garlic resources includes the garlic growers association uh anybody can join so yeah take a look at that website <laughs> and um, it's got some really cute stuff like why vampires hate garlic yeah information all of us should have under our you know under our hats yeah. for sure yeah, yeah we uh, I did a, a little bit of uh, research on uh, on garlic just uh, lately hundreds of types of garlic I guess and some last better and some are soft neck and some hard neck as you say so all <clears throat> Sorts of different, different types. flavors yeah. and colors and sizes. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Okay, let's go a little bit to the northeast now from Stratford. We're going to go to the town of Ayton. We have Barb on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Barb. Oh, hi. Thank you for taking my call. But I think uh, a couple callers ago you answered my question. I was going to ask about keeping cats out of the flower beds, but I guess <laughs> with the fork bit too, eh? Um, but I it works. Uh, pardon? Hello. Those forks—they work, do they, uh, Charlie? Yeah. Yes, they do. Um, and actually, Lee Valley Tools out of Ottawa—they uh, used to sell like a mat, just a little about half an inch tall. All these sharp little, you know, it, like a wire mat. It was a square thing, maybe two feet by two feet. So you would buy that, and you would just stick that on the surface of your soil, and then it would drop down a little bit. And again, makes it really uncomfortable for any little critters walking or digging into your soil. I'm not sure if they still sell it, but they would—they sold it as a, you know, a cat uh, repelling uh, mat, soil mat. Okay. Yeah, I was going to call back, but I just wanted to know how often do you use that skim milk and Epsom salts thing on the tomato plants? How often do you do that? I'm pretty sure that once Warner, a week, who said. is the, yeah. the, the, the person who shared that recipe with us, yeah. I'm pretty sure every time he waters, it's about once a week. Yeah. So yeah. every time he waters, he, he puts the skim milk and the water into those upside down pop bottles okay. and a bit of Epsom salt. Okay. 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 Yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank you for the call, there, Barb. Yeah. Okay. We uh, yeah we got to take a quick break, uh, uh, but we will be right back with much more on the Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yeah, back with the Garden Show and got a few callers on the line here. It seems to me, Charlie, this show is more about all those furry creatures and the pests that are in the garden than the plants themselves. We're, we're at that time of year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, not one amaryllis question to be found, but lots of bugs. Well, don't, don't worry, the amaryllis will be back in vogue around back. Go Christmas. Indeed. Okay, let's go. We have a few more callers. Teresa in Mississauga. Welcome to the Garden Show, Teresa. Hi, Charlie. It's Teresa calling. Hello. I have a quick question about garlic tape. Uh, the pods on the tip of the garlic, are they edible? 
Yes. Oh, they are. Because mm-hmm. I read on, online a couple uh, sites, and they said uh, they're not edible. Wrong. Every part of the garlic is edible. Leaves, bulbs, sorry, flowers, it's all edible. Hello? Yeah. yeah, it's all edible. And you can, can you saute those? Uh, is that what I've heard? Yeah. Yeah, you saute yeah. them nicely. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> when you cut off the scapes or the flowers before they yeah. bloom, yeah, uh, just, that, just yeah. uh, chop them up small and throw it into your stir fry, whatever it is, you're, wherever you would use garlic normally, yeah. use those flowers chopped up, those green stems and the flower buds. And the little, all the, all the seeds and the flower buds, so they're edible. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, I wonder why um, the site that I was on, and they said, no, they're not edible. Huh. Well, oh, yeah, okay. I don't know. Uh, uh, I'll go back to the my garlic uh, festival people here and double check. But as far as I know, every single part of garlic is edible. Enjoy those. Uh, enjoy those pods there. Okay, uh, Teresa. Yeah, no, that I, they'll be nice in the stir fry, as you say there. Um, we're going to jump right now to the town of Embro, and we have uh, Debbie on the line. Welcome to the Garden Show, Debbie. Well, thank you. Good morning. I don't have a question, but I have a solution that works for me with having problems with wildlife eating or chewing on your vegetable plants. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I'm out in the country, and I have a huge 30 by 75 foot garden, so I can't put a fence around and have problems with rabbits and uh, woodchucks, groundhogs. Um, mm-hmm. I found is you take dried, crushed red peppers, put about a tablespoon in the size of a water bottle, mm-hmm. and let it sit overnight, and then strain it with cheesecloth. I actually use that frost cloth. Put it in a spritzer bottle and just spray it, because they were eating my the new shoots coming up from my beans. Just spritz mm-hmm. it on, being organic and natural. My rabbits haven't touched my garden in two weeks. Mm. Have you had any rain? Like, is this something you'd have to respray after rain? I usually do it. It may seem I do it every night just before dusk, before they come out to eat. And uh, if it does rain, I usually do it once a day to tell you the truth. But it, but right. using a spritzo bottle, like a Windex bottle or something, mm-hmm. you just mm-hmm. put a light mist at, at the where the new shoot is coming up, which produces right. the blossoms and that. They stop sure. doing it. Because that's the most tender bit, and also it's the newest growth. So, oh, that's good. All right. It it, it works for me anyway, so I just thought maybe other listeners would want to try it. For for sure. Thanks for the tip. Okay, have a good day. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That uh, that hot, uh, zingy, hot Hmm. pepper sauce. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, spray. Yeah, but notice as well, daily spraying. Not everybody has the commitment to that, but, but for sure... Um, you know, when we hear about some of these, like Doreen's issue with her potato bugs, uh, it's uh, you know, it's good information. Yeah. Okay, we, we have one more caller. We're going to end off the show with our, our last caller, with a first-time caller who's calling from Whitby. Trish, welcome to the Garden Show. Thank you. Um, good morning, good Charlie and Dean. Morning. I want to give you your garden wings. There you Ooh, go. The cowbell. There you go. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the show. Um, I'm calling about my basil. Um, it's a, just a regular sweet green basil, and it's got all kinds of red dots on the on the top third of the leaves. I'm I'm just red. wondering what it is. the The dots don't rub off, and uh, I can't see any insects on the on the basil leaves at all. 
So two questions. When you water your basil, do you water the, the whole plant, the leaves, or just the soil? Just the soil. Mm, okay. And is the basil in full sun, minimum six hours of direct sun every day? Yes, it is. Mm. Uh, okay, those are my two questions, and I don't know. <laughs> I've never know. <laughs> had this problem before. I grow it every year, and it's you know it, it's rampant. <laughs> There's uh, sure. every leaf is, uh, as I say, in the top third of the of the plant. Every leaf is it has these red spots on it, and they're red for sure. They're not like a rusty color. Uh, well, they look red. They could be rusty, but they're they're, they're small. Yeah. yeah, because there there is a bacterial leaf spot, uh, but it generally is more brown and, and black as opposed to red. Mm-hmm. Um, I would be inclined, so you said it's about the top two-thirds of the plant has the spots? Well, uh, the top third, yeah. Top, top third. You know, I would remove those leaves. Like, I mean, I'd probably eat them, but I would, I'd cut them back. Try okay. and do it like on a nice dry day like today. I would, you know, do you normally pinch and prune your basil throughout the summer to help the plants well, become bigger? Well, other than using, <laughs> you know, just using them for cooking or pesto or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I do keep well, them back, yes. All right, I think you're going to have to have pesto for dinner tonight. So, <laughs> not so, a bad thing. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'd remove anyway, every, I, all the leaves that have any spots on them, off. and I'd use them um, unless for some reason I have you don't have want four to. plants, and all four plants have the same issue. Yeah. So, um, um, I, I I'll try that, uh, Charlie. And uh, thank you so much yeah. for the um, for your help. Thank you. I'm sorry and, I and, be more help. And enjoy that pesto. I love basil. I, I got to tell you, there's a lot of great little varieties out there, too. Well, I'm just looking at, you know, basil, basil uh, turning black. I mean, there are different both bacterial and fungal diseases. But generally speaking, um, you know, there's not... Yeah, it's just been so dry and hot. I'm kind mm-hmm. of surprised. Like, if she was wetting the leaves, I would get it. But she's not. So, anyway, uh, yeah, I... Take them off, eat them, and and hope for clean, fresh, new growth. Yeah. Okay. Well, this has uh, been fun again, Charlie. Yeah. What are you up to today? Are you you got to get back in your garden and catch up on a few things, I guess. Exactly. I know. I got more watering to do. That's my day, and some chipmunks to chase down. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You enjoy your time in Hamilton, and I will. Uh, thank you, Dean. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you to the great callers. Couldn't do any of this without any of you. So we'll see you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.